the Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. It is Tuesday, August the 2nd, 2011. This is episode number 91 of the aforementioned Purple Mafia. I'm, of course, your host, Joey Awajan, or Paladino Joey, as Dylan Richardson so kindly introduced me at the beginning of this introduction. And yeah, we're back to the old, the regular, the classic introduction of Purple Mafia, though that Magnet Man uh, introduction was pretty cool. That's usually when it's a special edition and fun stuff is going on, like the lockout. And like uh, getting Donovan McNabb, that was pretty cool. Um, first and foremost, Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com and on iTunes. It is a pleasure. And I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It means a great deal to me and hope it means something to you. Don't forget to check out those message boards on the sportstuff.com. Would appreciate that very much. The call line for the show is 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. Do remember that it is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention which show you're calling in for, which is Purple Mafia and Opine. And there you go. There you go. Well, it's episode number 91. It's the Ray Edwards episode, and to celebrate the <laughs> arrival, and to celebrate uh, Ray Edwards, well, he left for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Come on, man. Yep, total bummer there, but it's like it was very much expected. And it, a lot of, heck, Paul Allen constantly said he's going to sign with the Atlanta Falcons. And then it looked like it was going to be somebody else, like Philadelphia or something. Well, it was the Falcons. So that's the end result to that. There is uh, so much to get to. I had to do a show tonight. It was like, yeah, I'm recording tonight. I am absolutely recording tonight. There's just too much to talk about. Um, first and foremost, though, as of yesterday... This is the first quick topic. We're going to get to it right now. As of yesterday, it is a ten year. It has been ten years since the passing of number seventy-seven, Tory Stringer, a wonderful offensive lineman who uh, was a wonderful guy as well. One of the largest individuals to ever play for the Vikings. In fact, maybe he was the largest. Uh, often could eat two large pizzas by himself, which was always the shock uh, due to the shock of delivery men when. Uh, they would bring two large pizzas to the house, and they're like, oh, now I see why he ordered two large pizzas, because yeah, he's too large. And uh, Corey Stringer, unfortunately, pushed himself too hard, didn't uh, take the proper fluids, and it was that horrible hot and humid weather that we have been uh, experiencing a lot of this summer as well. I often call it Corey Stringer weather. I call it Corey Stringer weather because it's so hot and humid that it's dangerous, and uh, you need to be very careful. It... Uh, it wasn't the first time that type of thing had happened, but it was just another very alarming situation that a lot of uh, football camps have changed some of their strategies, changed some of their approach a bit from that event that, again, took place 
already 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Gosh, 10 years ago, amazing things happened at the you know, you lost, amazingly bad things happened. You lost Corey Stringer, and about a month later, September 11th happened. So, with that, we are going to give Corey Stringer, number 77, a moment of silence. Thank you again, Corey Stringer, for your contributions to this football team, and more importantly, your contributions to the community and to your wonderful existence on this planet. Uh, thank you again, Corey Springer. Rest in peace. All right, well, with that, we are moving to, very quickly, we're going to make it the lead topic of the show because, and it's the newest item in the news. Excuse me, I'm talking a little too loud here. That might not be the best audio, but... Um, yeah, we're going to get to it right away. We're going to get to it early. We're not going to wait. The Minnesota Vikings, well, they basically cut the replacement for Corey Stringer, ultimately, the long-term replacement. The short-term replacement was Chris Lewinsky. The long-term was Bryant McKinney. He was released today. He showed up into camp very much out of shape, well beyond what they described as uh, <laughs> his target weight. Brian McKinney gone. Very amazing. Uh, I never liked Bryant McKinney. No, he held out back in 2002. Notice how it's just one year after Corey Stringer was gone. Yeah, he held out all the way through mid-November that year. Like, that's a great way to start your NFL career, to hold out until mid-frickin'-November. And I'm about to make a statement that I think a lot of you are going to agree with when you do your research or just on memory alone. Have you ever noticed that a lot of these guys that hold out these big shot rookies that are too big for their britches that hold out when they're trying to sign the rookie contract that end up actually failing. Maybe not failing absolutely miserably, but at minimum, at minimum, end up not being as good as once thought of, not living up to the the hype that they were thought of. I mean, was Brian McKinney an all-pro, year-in, year-out, left tackle in the National Football League? No. <laughs> Uh, no, he really wasn't. You know, he really just wasn't at all. He just wasn't. And, um, yeah, he went to, like, two Pro Bowls. And, yeah, he was kicked off one. We're going to get to this right away. You know, Judd Zolgad, we're going to cite him. Star Tribune. Getting some of this information from the Star Tribune. Very cool, indeed. Always love what he does. Always love his work. Heck, he tweeted back to me before. First and foremost, we'll get to this real quick. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Please do give that Twitter a follow. And guys, come on out there. I, I know you're out there. I really do know you're out there. And um, please join the Purple Mafia Show page on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Please scroll down on that page. You visit it. You go to the page. Then you scroll down. On the left-hand side, there should be a button that says like. Simply click on it. I really appreciate it. I don't know where everybody is. I mean, <laughs> no, and, I, and those of you that are contributing are fantastic. You're doing a great job. Heck, there's so much information on that page, I'm not going to be able to read all of it. But I'm just saying, where are you out there? So there's more of you out there than uh, the number of likes that are on the page. There's a heck of a lot more, in fact. Just wondering that. A little bit surprised. Not, not angry, but surprised. Um, well, plain and simple, here is Leslie Fraser's comment. The decision, while not an easy one, is in the best interest of our football team as we move forward preparing for the season, <laughs> as he said in a statement. Uh, 
He says, we appreciate Brian's contributions to the Vikings, and we wish him the best in the future. McKinney tweeted during the afternoon before the, uh, as I do follow his Twitter, not because I'm a fan of his, but because that, you know, it's interesting anyway. Um, hey, he, he tweeted simply, it's been fun. So that was an indication that he could be out of here. He was a seventh overall selection in 2002 out of Miami, which is another scary thing. University of Miami, the Miami Hurricanes, a lot of them are just, they come into the league and they're just not as good as they're supposed to be. I'll just leave it at that. For behavioral reasons, performance, or all the above, for whatever reason, <laughs> there's a little bit something missing from these screwballs. Um, there really is. There really is. Uh, he was uh, the second highest drafted offensive lineman in Viking history behind Ron Yeri, who went number one overall in 1968. The legendary Ron Yeri. McKinney not quite living up to that uh, possibility there. Yeah, McKinney did not play until a November game against the Green Bay Packers in 2002. And yes, he was actually kind of good in his rookie year, and he was pretty good in his second year. But for the most part, Brian McKinney did not come close to living up to what a lot of people believed. He was going to be one of the best offensive linemen in the league for many years, like like an Orlando Pace. He was going to be a big time. And he was going to really help carry this team into uh, another direction. I mean, the left tackle position is as important as any offensive line position in existence. Uh, of course, there's only a there's only four spots, but I'm just saying. Well, five actually include the center, but yeah, whatever. Let's get out of the ABCs of football here. Um, it was very very frustrating. The guy did not miss a start, though, until the 2008 season when he sat out the first four games after being suspended for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. McKinney was punished after being involved in a street brawl outside a Miami nightclub in February 2008. McKinney forfeited $764,706. I'm glad they put the six in at the end. I'm sure McKinney would have really missed the six there. Uh, but, yeah, that was the amount of his base salary of 3.25 while sitting out so basically, he lost about seven hundred and sixty-five dollars. <laughs> uh, that was one of one one of a few off-the-field missteps by McKinney. Again, this courtesy of uh, Judd Zolgad, one of the best beat writers in town. But yeah, I mean, there, there, there's a laundry list here, folks. That was one thing. Don't forget the Love Boat incident in two thousand five. He was one of the largest uh, perpetrators in that. He, in fact, he may have been the largest. Him and Dante Culpepper. Culpepper was gone after that season. Um, it's just, man, what a, what a mess. Moss made a joke about how he's glad that, uh, <laughs> he's glad he wasn't a part of the love boat thing. Yeah, you know, because it was one year later. A lot of people laughed about that. Remember when Randy Moss's little introduction last year? Yeah. We're going to get to Randy Moss. We're going to get to two sides of Randy Moss in, uh, in the future. Retirement and possible return. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think he's really retired, folks. Do you? But anyhow, I am way digressing, and I apologize. Yep. McKinney was was Dr. Game Check in 2006 for that. Uh, that's basically what happened there. But the Love Boat incident, he was all over that. Fingerprints all over that as well. He did get a seven-year contract extension in 06, which was supposed to run through 2013. The deal included $18 million in guarantees. Big-time stuff. But then here's another one. Here's another one. McKinney also <laughs> McKinney also in the 2009 season was kicked off the NFC Pro Bowl team after skipping three of the four practices. Three of the four practices, the team photo, and all but the first meeting Tuesday night. He had been slated to play right tackle in the game. McKinney tried to explain after the fact that he was unable to play because of injury, 
but by then the league had made a decision to kick him off the team. McKinney also did not help his cause by tweeting about the events he was going to late night. <laughs> the time in South Florida, Rosenhaus did not immediately respond to a message. So basically, yeah. McKinney getting flat out cut, a little bit surprising. He was put in the uh, non-football injury uh, department, making him potentially eligible to miss, or yeah, ineligible for the first six games if it led up to September 11th. If they weren't, weren't taking him out of that category, he would have been ineligible for the first six games of the season due to the fact he simply was way too out of shape, way too overweight, like way, way overweight. He was not healthy enough to play. He was basically relegated to exercise bike type of situation. It was McKinney. I mean, you put him in a real practice, he, he could get injured. So that's what happened. Um, hey, this again is a sign that Leslie Frazier is not messing around. No, he means business. It also probably means, I think Leslie Frazier had a little bit more, you know, he was probably thinking this in the back of his head for a while, that if this guy screws up, we're done. You know, I've had enough of this guy. He probably thought that over the last couple of years. Like, if I'm ever head coach and this guy screws up, he's done. I mean, because he's done enough. He's done enough screwing up over the course of time. And this was quite the screw-up. I mean, this was like, screw football, screw this team, I don't care. I'll just show up when I show up, and I'll show up how I show up. And um, whatever. Not good. Not good, Brian McKinney. He will resurface, most likely somewhere else in the National Football League. He did add some spin, saying that, oh, you know, he was looking to get released anyway. And it's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. You know, yeah, you were looking to get released, all right. And you did. So congratulations, Ryan McKinney. A constant frustration for myself. I remember calling him underachieving pile of crap on one of my videos in 2007, back when I was doing what they call, I guess people call them video podcasts on YouTube, the little four-minute, like, uh, videos about the, of the previous Viking game at the time. I, I attacked Brian McKinney and then got very much attacked in return. Though a lot of those people, you know, just 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 drinking the Kool-Aid for Bryant McKinney. I mean, this guy clearly, this guy does not love the sport. He just likes the income. That's it. He's really more in football for the income. It just kind of is a convenience to him that, hey, you know, if I, I guess I'm good enough at it that I can make a lot of money. I don't really love the sport. I don't really care about my, my team or my teammates. I, I'm really more here to collect my check. Well, Brian McKinney did collect a decent amount of money over his career, but he won't get the final three years of that seven-year ditty. So we're going to get back, probably back to Brian McKinney in a little bit. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself. We are going right to the Facebook page, Purple Mafia, or excuse me, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia, because, again, this is about the fans. This isn't about stat reading and all that stuff. It's about the fans. Well, the Vikings also cut Madea Williams. It's kind of like a dream situation. You know, it's like Leslie Frazier thinks just like Joey. Yep, we cut Madea Williams. Dan Taylor, the first to post this on here. Very cool indeed. I was very happy that the Vikings cut Madea Williams. <laughs> Dan Taylor says, pop the champagne corks. There we go. There's a popping champagne cork basically right there. Can't really drink anything right now. <laughs> now when I'm on air, probably not a good idea, but completely agree with Dan Taylor. I love the guy, Dan Taylor. Great poster on this uh, on Purple Mafia and on Twitter during games. I like to I tweet during games, so that's another tip for you out there. Some of you that are listening, the Twitter account actually has more uh, follow as like twice the followers that the Facebook page does. It's kind of weird, but whatever. Though uh, so not complaining about the contribution level on this page, it's been fantastic, guys. 
Um, and you guys know who you are. Yeah, Medea Williams released. Leslie Frazier thinking the way I do, long gone. I mean, only one guy was kept. That's uh, Bernard Berrien. Of the three guys, I would have pretty much cut immediately if I was given power. <laughs> yeah, Bernard Berrien, Medea Williams, and Brian McKinney. Though, I mean, McKinney, maybe I wouldn't have cut right away if he came into camp in shape, but I would have cut him if he did one more of these issues, or I would have tried to trade him, trade him or release him. Um, I'm sure the Vikings tried to trade Brian McKinney because you don't just cut a guy uh, that you could potentially get a fourth, fifth, sixth, or even even a seventh round pick for. I mean, I'd rather have a seventh round pick for McKinney than flat out cut him and get nothing. But clearly, his market value must have dropped below the bottom of the uh, the field turf, man. That was the end of him. Same with Medea Williams. People just don't want these SOBs on their team. Medea Williams, not as much of a problem child as he is just a sucky player. Just a sucky player. Terrible safety. Bad coverage. All, all, all he really could do is hit people hard. That's about all he's good at. He can't cover people, and he certainly cannot intercept. He cannot force a turnover for his life. Horrible indeed. Dylan Richardson, kind enough to say, hey, Viking fans, all new Purple Mafia show is up. That was uh, <laughs> um, the McNabb special. So those of you out there probably listened to it by now, number 90. I'm only reading it because Tony Coleman said something kind of cool here. He said, yikes, I'm two episodes behind. Got to catch up. Thank you, Tony. You're very cool. Hope you liked him, by the way. Uh, Dylan Richardson, again, put it up there. Uh, that it's also on iTunes. He's very cool. Is Dylan Richardson. Anthony Batista, Anthony from L.A., says, Shouldn't we just move Joeb to wide receiver? Then, it, just like that, we got a tall, fast receiver. No need to sign any other wideout till Fitzgerald next year. You know, in a perfect world, Larry Fitzgerald would wind up on the Minnesota Vikings. It really would. So it, it's, I think it's going to be a little bit harder than some people are assuming at this point in time. Um, it's very possible that Fitzgerald could come, I'm sure. But now the Arizona Cardinals do have Kevin Cobb. It kind of depends on how successful that offense is over in Arizona. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, their coach is pretty good. Ken Wisenhunt is a pretty good coach. Uh, Joe Webb, well, right now, and boy, he sounds like he's about 35 when he talks. It's kind of, it's funny. He, I kind of like how he talks. Um, originally was drafted as a wide receiver in the sixth round. Though, of course, obviously can play the quarterback position. He's uh, he's ever capable of it. His speed is pretty impressive. I mean, if he caught the ball and was in the open field, I mean, you got to think he's gone. If he got a step on somebody, he is gone. Uh, and I think Joe Webb could get a step on people. It's an interesting situation. Right now, Joe Webb is the first-string quarterback until Donovan McNabb can suit up uh, Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, the 4th of August. It is now the 2nd of August. McNabb, though, out there giving pointers, having fun with Christian Ponder, by the way, a side note. Uh, I'm really liking the chemistry with Donovan McNabb in this team. The guy has a great sense of humor. He is a lot of fun. He just seems like a really fun person. Not nearly as, like, kind of like... Um, poor back of the Vikings, like a certain guy last couple of years. Not as serious to a point where it's just kind of like weird. <laughs> Far of us is kind of weird, you know. Great quarterback, but a little, but so serious it was almost kind of scary. I don't know. I don't know. He seemed kind of like a... He, he's probably a lot of fun, I'm sure, but I bet you he has his ice-cold moments. Or McNabb seems like a lot warmer person than potentially Brett Favre was. Um, so, yes, Edwards off to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I do believe this was me that posted this. It may have been Dan Dorof, and it was. I apologize. I, yeah, I think this was me, though, because I tend to be the one putting the Star Tribune articles up there. 
Yep, uh, Ray Edwards is officially going to the Falcons. It sucks, but it happens. Sidney Rice, of course, gone to the Sea Chickens, which we all know. Very sucky indeed. Nobody commented on it because probably because everybody knew it was going to happen. Also, another thing, yep, at this point, right around my birthday, the 29th, said the talk is are the Vikings trying to restructure Bryant McKinney? That's what you wonder. <laughs> and I made a funny comment of how this might be a better move than Moss at 21. Okay, maybe not that good, but still, I think you all know my opinion of Bryant McKinney by now. Uh, yeah, I would have never guessed they were actually going to cut him, but they did. Um, they did try to get a lineman from the New Orleans Saints, which was surprised a lot of people. That's when you first started wondering what's going on. That's when you first started wondering, indeed. We'll get back to that in a little bit, though, when we get further into McKinney. A little early here. Uh, Tony Coleman says, McNabb want to wear number five, but the Vikings already have number five with Chris Cluey. Here are the negotiations at Cluey. That was a lot of fun. It was on the Vikings.com website. I watched it and enjoyed it. Very fun. Very fun indeed seeing McNabb and Chloe. You can just tell what a down-to-earth guy McNabb is. Really enjoying the looks of those McNabb shirts. I think their jerseys are very cool indeed. Uh, Paulding says, upon the, the image of McNabb holding his uh, number five jersey, he says, I'm so ready to see McNabb, Percy, and Percy, Barry, and Shanko. I basically say that... Uh, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm just going to mention that, yeah, I basically say I like everybody there except the third guy he mentioned, and then Paulding says, what's the deal with Shanko? I say, no, it's not Shanko, it's Barry, and the guy just can't play. I love Shanko. Paulding responds with, do you think by signing Jenkins, Barry and maybe out? It's like, it's possible, but it's it's hard to say. Sebastian says, Barry and is as good as putting me out there, no matter how you put it. Um, as of right now, though, Cedric and listeners, Berrien is a member of the Vikings. Bernard Berrien is a member of the Vikings, and uh, Leslie Frazier went as far as to say that <laughs> we are, or that he's looking for a breakout year out of Bernard Berrien. Some people might think a preposterous statement, but uh, it is what it is. Bernard Berrien is a member of the Vikings. He has the ability to score touchdowns in the National Football League. He has the ability to break loose. Will he? Don't know. Don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I really have no idea what to think of it. It's uh, going to be interesting. It really is. Yes, it is. Indeed. So, yes, regarding that whole wide receiver position, since this is literally about that time when we were talking about Michael Jenkins, uh, yeah, Michael Jenkins added to the mix right about this point in time. This was last Sunday, officially when he came to the Vikings. Um, Saturday, Sunday, whichever. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> All that matters is he's on the team. He was a 25th, excuse me, 29th overall pick by the Falcons in 04. Hasn't really lived up to first round pick uh, statistics, no. In the 06 season, Michael Jenkins caught 39 passes, 436 yards, and 7 touchdowns. That's the most exciting season in terms of uh, touchdowns. Though he did get uh, 50 catches, well, he got 53 catches in 07, 50 in 08. 50 and 09 and 41 in 2010, uh, amassing seasons of after that of 532, 777. So he might as well have gone to a slot machine with that year. Uh, 635 in 2009 and 505 last year with the Atlanta Falcons. So of course, all his seasons with the Falcons. Only two touchdowns in, in 2010, one touchdown in 09, three in 08, four in 07. So basically, he's a role player uh, statistic wise. He, 
Started off with Michael Vick. I wound up with uh, Matt Ryan ultimately very quick after that. Yeah, you had Roddy White. You had everybody covering Roddy White. That's the whole thing. Michael Jenkins not really able to break loose. He's already about, Chuck, he's 29 years old already. A young 29 as of June 18th. Six foot four, 217 from Tampa, Florida. And a member of the Ohio State was Michael Jenkins. Certainly has size. Um, the Vikings, he's the tallest receiver on the Vikings other than Vasante Schenka, who's the tight end, of course. A very strong, a very good receiving tight end is Vasante. A lot of people expect Vasante Schenka to be the go-to guy for the Minnesota Vikings in the red zone in terms of the passing game. Of course, we all know who the red zone guy is in the running game. That's Adrian Peterson. Well, maybe Toby Gerhardt will get one or two here and there. Um, we'll see. Maybe McNabb will rush in one or two as well. McNabb always has been known to be a fairly mobile guy, and he's got to be more mobile than Brett Favre. But Michael Jenkins is your option in terms of tall wideout. He's a big target, but uh, he's dropped passes. James Jones was an option for the Vikings a lot. Uh, so he's only about six foot six one. Was James Jones? Remember the Green Bay Packers dropped a lot of passes at big moments. His statistics would have been insanely higher if he did not drop drop some passes for the Packers. And unfortunately for the Viking fans, he is returning to the Packers. The good news is, though, as we'll close on the receiver front for the time being, the good news is that uh, Clayton, John Clayton of uh, ESPN, did say that Ray Edwards is still in the mix for Minnesota. Um, That's the good part. Excuse me, Ray Edwards. Did I say Ray Edwards? (laughs) Excuse me. Bray, not Ray, Bray Lynn Edwards is still in the mix. For the Vikings, one of three teams, four teams. I believe Arizona is another one. Um, so that's good to know that Braylon Edwards still a possibility, though. Um, Leslie Frazier basically dismissing the notion of adding another wide receiver at this point in time. There's also still Malcolm Floyd as well out there, member of the San Diego Chargers. You got it like that. His number is really about the same as Michael Jenkins, and he is another massive receiver. He was undrafted, certainly not a first-round pick. His number is actually better than uh, than uh, Michael Jenkins, though he's a year older. Six foot five, two twenty-five, a monster is Jenkins. Uh, excuse me, Jenkins is Floyd. His number is actually fairly similar. He actually catches he catches less passes. His yardage is about the same. He did get six touchdowns last year, though only one. In 09, 4 in 08, 0 in 07, 3 in 06. But all kind of like mediocre 400 to 700 yard type seasons. Though this guy a little bit more capable of making a big play, apparently. His average receiving yards over his career, or his average yards per reception over his career, 17.3. Those yards per game, 37.3. Not the sexiest statistics you will ever see. Braylon Edwards, of course, has been capable of blowing up in the past. But he has not done that very often. Um, yeah, Malcolm Jenkins officially averaging only 12.7 yards uh, per catch and 34.1 yards a game. I know those numbers are a little bit much. Uh, the catch yard, the catch numbers are interesting. Uh, Jenkins, a guy who would be more of probably a mm, throw the ball and try to get the first down type of guy, whereas uh, Floyd, a little more capable of making a big play, I believe. Wouldn't be uh, the worst idea to add another. Wide receiver, though. We do have Devin Aroma to do. Don't forget. Big-time player. No, but um, we'll see. I mean, you got Jenkins. You got Berrien. Of course, you have Percy. And then uh, 
Devin Aromas to do, and Jamar Johnson, who of course is a kick returner. Uh, that probably will be his main role. I don't see Jamar Johnson being a big-time receiver in this offense. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. So here we go. This according to Braylon Edwards. Or excuse me, Braylon. What am I talking about? This according to Dan Doro. This is when the Vikings officially signed former wide receiver Michael Jenkins. So thank you, Dan Doro, for this. Very cool. Um, it was a three-year contract reported by Adam Scheffler. Officially, Chris Tucker's responsive. Huge wide receiver. He's actually bigger than Sidney, who was 6'4". Um, actually, he's about the same size, but, uh, yeah, about this close. No, he's actually, he's bigger muscular-wise. Sidney is actually pretty skinny. That's what Chris is trying to say, and the same height. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest talent is he's a run, is a, is a run-blocking wide receiver. This will be a huge, huge year for a AP, because he is going to get the rock, along with Toby, a ton this year. Let's grind out 18 wins, boys. I hope we can. I hope we can, Chris. That would be really, really cool. Uh, that would be really, really cool. Yeah, I do like the thought that he is big. I do like that a lot. A bigger target than what has been available at the point in time for Donovan McNabb. Sebastian Ball says, we are okay. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I, I don't mean to crash your party, but he isn't great. We need to get Moss back. Then we got a target. Hey, Sebastian, not a bad comment there. Yeah, I mean, no. Michael Jenkins isn't going to be the savior. He's just not. Uh, maybe he'll be better here than he was in Atlanta. But as of right now, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no really reason to believe he's going to blow blow up this place. But he most likely will make the team. We'll leave it at that. Starting out, Drevin or Omashnu may not. Um, Dan Doro says his grade for the Vikings in free agency is B+. <laughs> they really need some cornerback help or safety. What does everyone think? Yeah. Chris Tucker says, safety help. Abdullah was actually decent, and I like him. But I'm guessing they are banking Tyrell Johnson to step up <laughs> and take over Medina Williams. At least he can't be any worse. But I'd say safety is a huge question mark. I uh, I agree on that big time. Yeah, the Vikings do need safety help. We need to upgrade from Abdullah. Uh, Abdullah will start. Absolutely, Abdullah is going to start. So the question is, Will it be, will it be Sanford? Will it be, <laughs> will it be Jamarcus Sanford? I mean, will it be him? Will he be, will he be in there? Uh, he's been a valuable piece in the secondary the last couple of years here. We'll see. Is it time for Sanford to step up? Will the Vikings acquire Asante Samuel from the Philadelphia Eagles? Will the Vikings have the balls to do that? And yeah, will they be willing to make that type of move? And how much will it cost? For the Vikings to get Asante Samuel from the Philadelphia Eagles. Very, very, very hard to say indeed. Um, yeah, I go as far as to ask Chris, are you sure Tyrell is the answer? Definitely underwhelming in the opportunities he's had, but you never know, I suppose. Second, another, a second round pick that really hasn't panned out to this point in time is Tyrell Johnson. I can't really uh, invest anything in the guy right now. I can't do it. No. Um, I... Yeah, I hope they can get somebody. Asante Samuel, of course, most likely a pipe dream at best. Dan Doro puts up a pretty cool uh, YouTube video of Michael Jenkins making a big play. We appreciate that, Dan. A lot of people like that. It was a nice play. Uh, it does show what Michael Jenkins can do if he's on his game. Let's just hope he's on his game more often than not because he needs to be. 
Yes, he does. I do believe this is Doro again. He says, if the Vikings make one more move, which which would have a bigger impact, a trade for Aussie human Yora, cut Berrien, and sign either Edwards or Floyd, or pick up a trade for Asante Samuel. In my opinion, trade for Aussie, that would give the Vikings a D-line a boost and take some pressure off the defensive backs and offense. That would be awesome. Um, wow. You know? I'm having a hard time between Yumanyora and Asante Samuel. I think Asante Samuel would be fantastic. It would be a huge addition to the secondary for the Minnesota Vikings. So, yeah, I'll go with Yumanyora because the line does... The game's won in the trenches, folks. It is. And you'll, we already have lost Ray Edwards. So you get Yumanyora, that'd be humongous. Yes, it would. So I'm going to stick with Dan Doro on this comment. I agree with him. He gets the thumbs up officially. On that one, yeah, good, good thoughts there. Uh, Matt Emer's Matt Emer returning to Pro Mafia show. Thank you very much. I missed him. Yep, he, he often would respond during uh, Viking games on Twitter. Very cool indeed. Or would mention and talk with me on there. He says, "I want to know where all the Vikings cap space is going." Green Bay had twenty million to spare, and they are Super Bowl champions. And uh, that is a good question. That's a good question. I mentioned that it's yeah, it's gone to the likes of Barry and McKinney, Madiu. Uh, they're overpaid, underachievers. Yeah, I mean, they've been they've been cutting up, they've been cutting play people though. They cut McKinney now. That could mean they're making moves for other people. Though the Vikings did acquire his replacement, McKinney's replacement. Ultimately, at first they played it down as he's going to be kind of a, a depth guy who can play multiple positions, and that's good that Charlie Johnson can play multiple positions, the former Colts lineman. But uh, ultimately, he is the replacement for Brian McKinney for the time being. Dan Doro, Dan Doro again says, with the deal for wide receiver Paxable Burrs, Blaine Edwards is now not expected to return to the Jets. Adam Scheffler, Vikings, anybody. That'd <laughs> be nice. Man, Emer says, Slazer said he's going with the wide receiver he currently has. Dream over. And um, that's been the deal. Emer responds to when I said it's nice to see uh, Matt again. He says he's been here all along. Depends on what your offense our offense is going to look like. Maybe the wide receivers we have can do the job. We will see, I guess. And yeah, unfortunately, that's been the topic du jour for the Vikings at the wide receiver position, that they're already set at the position. I gotta hope that they aren't. Um, I gotta. I really gotta hope that they aren't. So they kind of were talking like they're semi-set at quarterback other than bringing a veteran in. They didn't say how big of a veteran. So anything could happen here. Anything could happen. They really they weren't acting like they were going to cut McKinney at all. And they did. We'll see. Doro officially puts up that Christian Ponder had, you know, puts up the report when the uh, the news came out, of course, about Christian Ponder when he signed his $11 million four-year contract, fully guaranteed, fifth-year option, reported by the Vikings fan page. Very cool. Very, very nice to see that uh, the whole draft class is in camp and ready to rock and roll. Very cool indeed. Anthony from L.A., Anthony Batista says, aside from our secondary, I'm actually having a really good feeling about this season. I'm giving McNabb a mulligan for last year. The skins suck. And so <laughs> and so did we, and we killed them. Sebastian comment is, well, we all have a good time. We a good time, a good game a year. Doesn't matter who you are. You're not the 0-16 Lions. You get one great game, and that was it against the Skins. Lucky we also beat the Eagles. Luckily we also beat the Eagles. Batista says, 
Also a fun little fact, we have our starting quarterback in training camp for the first time in two years. Yes, indeed. Very cool comments by both Sebastian and Anthony there. And yes, it's awesome. I believe I, yeah, I talked about this on the previous show, episode number 90. It's nice to have a quarterback, our starting veteran quarterback, in training camp right away. The only problem is the stupid league rules don't allow him to start off on day one. We have to wait till day four for McNabry playing. But, well, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Dan Taylor puts up. Since it's getting to that time of year, anybody interested in the Fantasy Football League? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll probably do something, I suppose, since a lot of people sound happy. Dan wants to be in, and Anthony wants to be in as well. Well, we'll probably get to that. Um, of course, not everybody can join that because it'll be too big. <laughs> Even if 40 people joined it, it's way too big. So we'll probably get to it in a little bit. Taylor says, first we drop Medea Williams, now Bryant McKinney. There we go. Now we can get to that topic. We're back to the topic in a second here. Um, now I'm going to close with the other guy. Yes, I'll save Tony's comment. Tony made an awesome comment. That's the final comment on the Purple Mafia page. So both Dan Doro and Dan Taylor, the Dans, reporting, you know, at least on this page, of course, you know, you know, posting reports of the official release of Bryant McKinney. Very exciting for people that were sick of Bryant McKinney on this team. In fact, I know, of course, me being one of them very much so. Bryant McKinney, absolutely a frustration for myself for the whole nine years that he was here. You know, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt sometimes, but very often... I did not. I couldn't stand him, and he's gone. Believe it or not, though, I do believe he will resurface somewhere. The question is where, and right now, I don't care. <laughs> okay, cute little rhyme there. The Vikings officially tried to get Jermon Bushrod. I was going to say Bushrod, but yes, it is Jermon Bushrod, who does wear the same number as Brian McKinney. That would have been hilarious. The Vikings tried to sign the 26-year-old out of the New Orleans Saints. The Vikings, of course, also did acquire defensive linemen from the New Orleans Saints. One of the guys who did the high-low on Brett Favre. We appreciate that very much. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but yeah, Bushrod was the guy the Vikings pursued. And the Saints re-signed him. Oh, goody for them. But the Vikings did eventually require Charlie Johnson from the New Orleans Saints. We appreciate that very much. Yep. Charlie Johnson from the uh, Indianapolis Colts again. Excuse me for that. Charlie Johnson will wear the number 73 officially at this point in time. Charlie Johnson, the same age as, well, actually he's been in the league as long as Bushrod. Uh, officially taken by the newer, golly. Yeah, they played in the Super Bowl, so I'm getting them mixed up for some very strange reason. A sixth round pick was Charlie Johnson, 30th overall pick in that round, in the third, in the sixth round, 2006 draft, a very good pick by the Indianapolis Colts. He actually won a championship with that team as the starting offensive lineman. He protected Peyton Manning for many years, or he you know, for the last six years, and did a very good job. I mean, if he's the starting, you know, left tackle for Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning doesn't get sacked very often, and they in fact won a Super Bowl. They've been good for a long time. Peyton Manning almost never gets hit. Uh, Charlie Johnson, a very solid player. Of course, not this stud pro bowler, but solid. And uh, i got to think he's going to be a eh, at least a positive influence on this football team coming into the season. So there's your starting left tackle, folks. Charlie Johnson. We got him. Welcome aboard. Spectacular. 
Uh, he can play both positions, of course, left tackle and left guard, as can Chris Daguerre, the massive Chris Daguerre, 6'4", 335, coming into his third year, I believe, already. Wow, time flies. Chris Daguerre is coming into his third year already. That's strange, isn't it? <laughs> well, got it like that. Phil Olo's already coming into his fourth year. That's even more strange. Yes, it is. Wow, that's strange. Hmm. Anyhow, excuse me, Lodol is coming into his third year. Uh, Deguerre is coming into his second. Okay, well, you get the idea. Let's just keep moving forward. It's been a, it's been an interesting offseason. It sure has. It's been tiring, actually. It's fun, but it's tiring in a way because there's just so much going on. There really is. There's no doubt about that. So with that, we are going to get into a uh, very interesting final topic. But you know what, folks? No, we're not going to get to the topic until we take a quick break because I'm going to tease to it. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 91, which is a reminder for iPod users and the Microsoft Zune and other MP3 players. Welcome aboard once again to those of you out there. Well, here it goes, folks. Here it goes. An amazing little thread brought up by Tony Coleman. And uh, that's why he's such a valuable poster, such a valuable contributor to this show. Always appreciate Tony Coleman. Also likes to call himself Twineball as well. It's a nickname for him on the SportsStuff.com message boards. Here it comes. Now he says, did not take it too seriously, guys. He says, okay, don't take this too seriously. Take it for, what's it for what it's worth, which probably isn't much. But here's the thing. My wife has a college friend that has a history of posting accurate Vikings information days before it, it is public knowledge. I don't know him, and I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> I don't know... If he works inside the organization or what, but he predicted well in advance of anyone or of anyone else the acquisition of Favre, the return of Favre, the return of Moss, the firing of Childress, the acquisition of McNabb, and more. So to my point, he just posted, Randy Moss will return to the Vikings. Third time is a charm. So there you go, folks. There you have it. Now, <laughs> amazing thought. Uh, now, here we go. Let me finish, or let me let Tony Coleman finish. He says, now, I know it's in the news that he's retiring, but this guy has a history of being right. So, like I said, take it for what it's worth. Take it with a grain of salt. All I'm saying is this guy has been right before. We'll see. Holy crap, Batman! Very interesting information. Uh, Tony Coleman, thank you very much for that post. I mean, hey, that adds to the show. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's a very interesting thought. Hey, nobody's reporting anything. Nobody's trying to make money off of it and trying to add billions of hits on their website. It's just very interesting stuff here posted by Tony, and I appreciate it. It's, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, 
I wouldn't be surprised either. I wouldn't be surprised if this is fact. I, I wouldn't. I was kind of thinking in the back of my head, Moss maybe might come back. He just might come back here of all places because, well, Randy Moss's comment was um, when they had him on KFAN earlier, I believe he was on the Mike Morris show. I can't remember which one. I can't remember. Oh, and I'm really sorry. He may have actually been on with Aaron Henderson, if I remember correctly. I can't remember what it was. But um, regardless, Randy Moss, you know, he was slewing the BS saying, yeah, me and Childress are cool. A lot of people thought it was me and Childress are bad, but I don't know. I mean, no, there was nothing really to that. We were, we were just fine. Sure, we didn't see the eye to eye and everything, but who does? And all that type of stuff. And then asked about his possible return to the Vikings. So he said he would love to. He would still love to return. I mean, the bridge isn't burnt completely. He would love to come back if, if given the option. But he doesn't. He didn't believe that the Vikings were uh, headed in his direction, being a 34, 35-year-old player with a rookie quarterback trying to start a new era of Vikings football. And it was not a shot at Christian Ponder or anything like that. No, not at all. Or at the Vikings organization. It's just that he didn't believe the Vikings really would see the, he didn't see the point of the Vikings adding a 34 or 35-year-old to the roster. I mean, Moss was just being real here. What was the point, what would be the point of bringing him to a team when he's like at the end of his career and a lot of these guys are trying to kind of start the career? It's kind of like pointless in a way, unless Moss was a running back, which he is not. The running backs don't last long enough sometimes, so you got to hit that throw them in right away with the star quarterback or star whoever. Um, but no, now Donovan McNabb is the quarterback of the Vikings, and I don't think bringing in Randy Moss would stunt anybody. It actually helped Percy Harvin. Why would it help? Why would it hurt anybody? Michael Jenkins is twenty-nine. You know, Percy Harvin. Things opened up for Percy Harvin. Things would probably open up for Michael Jenkins. They have an aroma to do. Who knows? Maybe things would open up for that guy. Who knows, man? Oh, and Bernard Berrien. Well, whatever. Bernard Berrien is what he is. Maybe he'll have a good game or two, and most of the year he probably won't. Um, whatever. It's just one of those deals. Very interesting. See, I was going to sit here and talk about, <laughs> before I saw this post, I was going to talk about Randy Moss retiring and my thoughts of Moss is probably going to come back, but I don't know where. But now this changes it. You know, I mean, we're not going to talk about Randy Moss retiring. We're just not going to do it on this show. Not, at least not right now. Uh, not until we get a little bit later. Maybe we'll talk more about Randy Moss retiring and we'll reflect on his career. We're not going to do that right now. No, we're not. Uh, we already reflected on Brian McKinney's tenure on the team for the time being. We reflected, we talked about the free agent signings, including Charlie Johnson, who will be the starting left tackle for the Vikings, according to Leslie Frazier, regardless if McKinney was healthy or not. <laughs> was was, was going to come back, was, was cut or not, I should say. He wasn't healthy. Um, but no, I mean, this is very interesting. This is a very interesting possibility. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I even said it earlier. I don't think I said it on episode 90, but I said it behind the scenes, so to speak, you know, off the mic. Moss returning to the Vikings makes more sense now with Donovan McNabb as the quarterback of the team. Uh, Chad Johnson or Braylon Edwards, somebody like that. Braylon Edwards isn't old. Johnson is. Johnson, Ochocinco is gone. Uh, they talked about him last week. Ochocinco possible a Viking addition. Um, I think if Moss returns to the NFL, it's with the Vikings. The Patriots clearly don't want him. They signed Ocho Cinco. They acquired Albert Hainsworth. They kind of have enough. Their hands are full already over there. And uh, I kind of have a good feeling about them again. 
we'll get to that later when I start talking about predictions. I'm going to save predictions for episode 92 or 93 or whatever, 94, who knows. Man, we're coming up on 100 soon. We're going to have that little celebration of episode number 100 of Purple Mafia. How fun is that going to be? Um, this is going to be really interesting to see what happens. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Anthony from L.A. says, I wouldn't hate the idea. And, uh, hey, I, my comment is I second that, Anthony. I really do. Very interesting. And, Tony, you might have a great scoop here. Hope it's true. I do hope it's true. I do. Uh, as of right now, Michael Jenkins would down number 84, though I think Michael would gladly switch to another number, like 82 or something. He can't wear 81 either with Shenko here. Um, who knows? This will be really fun. So this has kind of been the Kinney and Moss show. Started with McKinney, ending with Moss. That was kind of where I was headed, and that is where we uh, ended up winding, uh, ended up finishing things here. This is going to be fun to see what happens with Randy Moss. Will he return to the Vikings? I think the possibility is, does exist and persists with number five at quarterback. Absolutely. So maybe by episode 92, we'll be talking about 84 returning to the purple. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So with that, we are going to uh, give you the contact details. Please join the message boards on thesportstuff.com. Remember to click on the, or yeah, go to the front page of thesportstuff.com. Click on the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Click register. Do sign up for the boards. We'd appreciate it oh so very much. Would be terrific. Also, thesportstuff.com forward slash boards. Sportstuff.com forward slash boards is another way to get there. Register. Plain and simple. Um, don't forget the phone line, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It's a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you are calling under Purple Mafia and Opine. Very simple indeed. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Twitter.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Don't forget. And also my personal email for all the shows is paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com if you would like to send me a private message. Also, on Facebook. Well, I'm Joey Wise, and you can see how to spell it on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes underneath or by Purple Mafia. You can see how to spell my name. You can look me up on Facebook and add me, and you can message me on there as well. Um, you know, I have no reason to hurt anybody, or not hurt anybody. I have no reason to uh, hurt anybody's privacy is what I'm trying to say. If you want to send me a private message, go right ahead. I'm all open to all of you out there. I'm open to all of you. So, we will talk to you soon. Do take care and uh, get ready for the return of the Super Freak. Yep, the Super Freak, number 84, dotting purple again, maybe. <laughs> take care, everybody.